Welcome to Ascended Masters at Work Radio with your host, Shirlene Reeves, the world's business success coach and author of Selling Through Your Heart, empowering you to build relationships for financial freedom, where we focus on taking the right step-by-step actions towards generating a consistent business income. Listen in as Shirlene empowers small business owners and her million-dollar business blueprint. On Ascended Masters at Work Radio, you'll discover the secrets to building an effective, income-generating business. Find the answers for selling your programs and products without rejection. Get the solutions for building a strong financial foundation. Coaching with Shirlene Reeves and her guests. How to develop integrated programs so compelling that your clients can't resist saying yes. Now, let's welcome your host, business success coach, Shirlene Reeves. Hello, my fellow masters. I'm really excited that you're back with me this week. I've been experiencing some very deep meditation. I've been given some thoughts about what I should share with you, and you're actually going to receive a series from us. I think you'll find it very enlightening. What I'm talking about is, are you awake enough to answer some very important questions. These questions will ultimately change the course of your life into peace, harmony, abundance, and freedom. And in everything I read, all text seems to center around those experiences. Peace, harmony, abundance, and freedom. And we hear it over and over and over again, but we really don't think much about it. Have you ever noticed that? You know, we come to earth with great plans and purpose. Purpose is so important for why we are here. One of those questions is, what is your purpose? Why are you here on earth? What is the reason that you walk earth right now at this time? You know, millions of people have been here and left, and we haven't received millions of gifts from those people who came. So what is the gift that you have to give people here on earth? What will you leave behind? And the biggest question is, how will you contribute? Or did you contribute already? And are you in the process of contributing the next thing? You see, what happens is our purpose evolves over time as we have more experience here in Earth School and as we grow older. So perhaps the purpose that we had in the very beginning when we came to Earth, maybe in our teens or our 20s, isn't it all the same as what it is today? Have you noticed that? Or maybe we aren't even thinking about our purpose. There's so many that come to me as entrepreneurs And I coach them, and the first thing I say to them is, what is your purpose? What are you meant to teach while you are here on earth? And do you know that the majority of them say to me, I don't know what my purpose is. I've never really thought about that. I just know I want to help people. Or I just know that I am meant to be a nurse, but I don't really know what I'm going to leave behind or what my purpose is. The reason that you probably may not have thought of it is that we live in a material world and we come in with the best of intentions, but we focus only on doing, doing, doing. 
Have you noticed that? We're always doing. We can never sit still. We have to be entertained every minute. And if we aren't being entertained by TV or we're reading or we have to just get out, we have to get out of the house and we can't just sit with who we are, then we're all about the practice of doing and not being. Being means that we practice following the urgings of our other selves, leading to a practice of well-being and peace. That's how you create harmony, is by listening to that little voice in the back of your head. But how, you might be asking, how do I do this? Life is so hectic. I have to earn money to support my family. There's no time. So there it is, to be honest with you. It's all about time because time, as you know, stops for no one. And this is one of our greatest fears. We all know time leads toward our ultimate demise, don't we? We'll talk about the fear of time and death in another segment. And you'll learn how to manage those fears, diffuse anger, and connect for guidance. So let's go back to the question of how we can slow down and practice listening to the guidance of our other self. I'm sure you've heard this before, but you didn't trust what you heard or simply blew it off because you weren't ready for it at the time, or you forgot it while continuing on in your hypnotic rhythm of routine. If you'd been listening to that little voice, it may have told you to turn right today instead of left while sitting at a stoplight to avoid an accident or excessive traffic. Have you ever heard that little voice come up in the back of your mind and you go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I do it too. And I also say, I don't want to do that. I'm not ready to do something like that. But the voice, your higher self, some people call it God. Some people call it the universe. Some people call it a message of Buddha or Jesus. It really doesn't matter what you call it. Napoleon Hill calls it your other self. I call it spirit. Call it what you will, but it's there, nagging you in the back of your mind. You know when it's there because you can think of times in your life where it popped in and said, don't do this. But then we all have free will, so we can do it if we want to. And we find out later it might have been the biggest mistake we've ever made. It might have even taken us down the rabbit hole for three to five years at a time. Yep, you know that little voice in the back of your mind. And I'll tell you, my little voice gets louder and louder and louder the more I ignore it. In fact, it may tell you to move to a place you might never have considered before. You'd have to uproot everything that you knew in your life, your friends, your family. This has happened to me a number of times. I was living over on Maui for five years, training under Wayne Dyer and Ram Das. when I was told, no, you have to move back to the mainland and you'll go to Northern California. So I did. I went back to the mainland and lived in Walnut Creek. Then my next command, after three years of building a community and relationships all up and down that corridor, I was told it was time for me to move to San Diego. And I thought, San Diego, all my friends are here. And when I told them, they burst into tears. They just couldn't believe I was leaving the area. And I did move to San Diego because that was what my son kept asking me to do. 
and I wanted to be closer to my son and my grandchildren. But when I said I was going to San Diego, I had already received a message that said I would only be there for two years, so I shouldn't get comfortable, and that I was to write my book. It took me exactly two years to publish my book, Selling Through Your Heart. As soon as that book was completed, I was told, you'll be moving to San Felipe, Mexico. And when I got the message that I'd be leaving in two years, I asked, then where am I going? But there was no answer. It didn't come until the end of those two years, and then it exploded into my mind. I had to move from San Diego to San Felipe. Again, I was in such pain leaving all my friends. I'd already lost many of those who were in Northern California, and I knew what was to come with these friends. And I loved being in that area because two-thirds of the transformational leaders are there. And so were my son and my grandchildren. But the sad part is, I had an opportunity to really look at what was going on in my life with my family at that time. And I was being left out of family excursions and only used to fill in for maybe absent nannies or 6 a.m. workouts that my daughter-in-law wanted to go to. I was really lonely. It seemed like I was always waiting to be included and never asked. And that if I couldn't do something for her, I wasn't worth her time. Then I got a message that said, you're not needed here, but you are desperately needed in San Felipe. There you will feel loved and wanted. So at a dinner, I told my son, I'm not needed here. I tried to explain that I wasn't included in the family outings and that I was just done waiting. I said that I'd given it two years and there wasn't much of a result, so I decided to move to San Felipe come the following September, which was only a couple months away. My son's wife was furious. She became defensive in a response, and that was over the noise of Benihana. It was so crowded there. And since that time, she has become angry because one piece of mail arrived at her address, and I no longer feel welcome in their home. She's put restrictions on my one-on-one -on -one time with the children and ruined my relationship with my son, all because I wanted to move away. Today, I thank her for my freedom, as there is no longer any expectation on my time. That's kind of a good feeling, and there's a lot of people here that feel the exact same way. Through the process of meditation and forgiving her, I found that her angry outburst really came as a result of her long-harbored anger toward her own mother, who was a drug addict that held a gun to her head. And understanding her pain perpetuates my knowing that the challenges we share together, she and I, have nothing to do with me. I can do nothing to make our relationship any better until she addresses her anger toward her own mother. I could see in her mind the pain and anger she harbored during our last experience while we were standing in the laundry room of all places. For 17 minutes, she recanted with reprimand everything she thought I'd done wrong in the previous 10 years while my son sat idly by saying nothing. This is the last of it, I heard the little voice in the back of my mind say. You are free now. 
say only I'm sorry and walk away. And so I did. I got to ask you, have you ever had an experience when no matter what you say or how you react doesn't seem to satisfy the other person and they just keep repeating and repeating and repeating themselves over and over again like a broken record? Well, that means they want to fight. And my daughter-in-law wanted a fight. Anything I said, my son would hear and she wanted to prove herself right. But there was no fight because I just kept saying, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you feel that way. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There was nothing more I could say. I couldn't counsel her out of it. And she got caught up into a ring of fire and she kept at it and at it and at it for, like I said, 17 minutes. There could have been a fight. It easily could have ended up in a fight. As many of the details her monkey mind had created weren't even true. But to be honest, I really didn't care about her words. I cared only about the pain I saw in her heart that brought tears to my eyes. I walked away in peace knowing I had responded according to how I was guided, leaving her to deal with the energy of anger she had created for herself. It was so unnecessary. We could have sat together on the couch with tea and had a loving conversation. But somehow she's forgotten that I'm her elder and that I need to be treated with respect. She treated me like a child, reprimanding me like I was one of her employees and truly missed the boat. I tell you this story in an effort to encourage you to sit quietly and listen in for your own guidance system. There are rules. Would you like to know what the rules are? And maybe you even know some of the rules, but you haven't really formulated them in your mind so you can use them for your future guidance system and always do the right thing. Not only that, you'll stop making mistakes and you'll find that if you act on what you're guided to do, it will change the outlook of your entire future. There's only three or four rules, so it won't be that hard for you to remember. And the first one is that no one else can do this for you. You could go to a psychic, but you may or may not do what you're told to do, or the psychic could tell you something that's already happened in the past, but may not give you accurate information for the future. Only you can really give yourself the kind of information you need to stop making mistakes and start living in peace, harmony, and freedom. I know this because this is the way I live. That's why Spirit has told me to share it with you. So let's start with rule number one, and that is that there's no one that can do this for you. You have to learn to listen in to that little voice and know which voice you're hearing. If you hear a voice that tells you to kill somebody or do something inappropriate to society's norms, that's not a voice you want to listen to. This voice is all about love, supporting others so that you can be supported as well. So that's number one. Only you can get this information. The second one is to know that even if it's a message you don't want to act on, you need to do it because the message will get louder and louder and louder if you don't act on it. 
In fact, it'll get so loud that you don't know why it pops out of nowhere and it really is distracting to you. And then if you ignore it again and it gets to a certain decibel, something big will happen in your life to cause you to stop and think about what it is that you're doing. Have you ever had a message telling you to do something and it keeps popping out into your mind from the middle of nowhere trying to get your attention? Well, this just happened to a really dear friend of mine who in the past four months has been flying all over the world, driving long distances, visit friends, and moving out of her house at the same time. She's in her 70s and was pushing her body so hard that she was getting completely worn out. But she'd already committed to a friend that she was going to drive to San Felipe to have some time at her home. Again, she would have no time to rest because this friend would be with her. And just three days ago, her car was loaded for her journey with her friend home to San Felipe from her home in Seattle. We all know that's a very long drive. You can tell that by looking at a map. She'd only gotten to Portland before being hit by a truck and her left rear panel destroying the rear axle of her car. It'll be two or three weeks to repair that car, they told her. All because she refused to listen and respond to the messages she was receiving from that still small voice in the back of her mind. A bigger lesson needed to be that created an incident that couldn't be ignored. I talked to her last night and she told me, I need to rest. A few inches toward the front of the car could have killed me. So I see this as a necessary blessing and a message to slow down. I heard it, but I just didn't think I could do it. Well, she got the message, but look at what it took to get her attention. Catastrophic things happen when we don't pay attention to the messages we receive from our well-intended other self. For me to move to San Felipe and another country has brought on a multitude of challenges including learning to speak Spanish. But the blessings of living on the beach and the Sea of Cortez have enriched my life with peace, harmony, and a community love that I've not received or experienced anywhere else. So I ask you, what is your other self telling you to do? Practice building trust and connection in your guidance system. This takes me to the next step. You must trust what you're being told to do. Because if you can't trust, then you just go back to whatever your hypnotic rhythm is, forgetting it completely until it gets louder. What are you hearing in the back of your mind right now that you haven't acted on? Believe me, if you don't trust in this message, and it's a positive message that won't hurt you or give bodily harm to anyone else, this is something you are supposed to do. And if you don't do it, something big is going to come along to make it happen. It could be a divorce that you didn't expect. I had that happen once. It could be the loss of someone in your life that you never anticipated, that makes you look at life as a more endearing experience. So trust would be the second command. And the third is that you must act on your message or you won't get another one. 
If you want to finally live a life of freedom, just breathe that in. What would a life of freedom look like to you? If you would like to live this life of freedom and peace, and how about harmony? What would that look like? What would that feel like to have harmony where you felt loved and accepted? I don't care to even hear the news because there's nothing that I have the power to change. Do you understand what I'm saying? We get all upset about the news and we hear about news all over the world and none of it's good. So turn it off. You don't have to listen to every moment of the pain of people dying and getting shot and earthquakes and volcanoes because it's happening everywhere. There's nothing we can do about it except turn it off and live our life in peace. That is your first step. Then maybe you'll have an opportunity to hear your guidance system and you'll make some choices based on guidance. And even if you don't like them originally, like I didn't want to have to learn how to work with the peso, oh my gosh, it's a constant challenge of conversion of money from pesos to dollars. And I'm also spending hours learning Spanish so that I can do speaking engagements in Spanish and English as well, thereby helping the villagers here in San Felipe. When I was told to come here, I had no idea how desperately they needed me. Now, I work with their charities to try and support the children in the area and the animals. And this year, I've been mourning the loss of my father, who was 90 years old when he passed, and the loss of my little dog, who was 17 years old. But, you know, I decided, based on that nudging in the back of my mind, that I needed to take some time for me. I needed a sabbatical to sit back and really think about how I was going to make this transformation in my life. What I was going to do to change my own life in order to fit in with the lifestyle where I'm living. As you might guess, the lifestyle here in Mexico is very different from everywhere else that I've ever lived. And I'll tell you more about that as time goes on. I love it here, and I'm so grateful that that little voice in the back of my mind continued to get louder until I acted on the suggestion that would change my life. You see, action is the last thing. And once you trust and can show that little voice that you'll do what it suggests to make your life better, then and only then will you begin to experience the feeling of peace and harmony. It's important to discipline ourselves, to trust in the guidance we receive, to take the right steps on our journey. Otherwise, we'll be off track a million miles and miss the mark of our purpose. We'll also miss the meaning for why we walk the earth and what we're here to leave behind. So think about my words. What is your purpose? Why are you here on earth? And if you'd like, make comments below. I'd love to hear what your purpose is and why you've chosen to be on earth in this lifetime. Well, that's it for this week on Ascended Masters at Work. 
I'm so glad you joined in with me today, and I hope you took away with you a couple of nuggets that you can use in your life right now. Before you go to sleep tonight, ask yourself, what is my purpose? What will I leave here on earth that makes a difference for others? Why am I here right now? Thank you for joining us on Ascended Masters at Work Radio. We hope you gained insights that will change the way you do business, generate a consistent income, and provide a new enlightened path toward financial freedom and designing the lifestyle of your dreams. And if you simply can't wait to purchase Shirlene's book, Selling Through Your Heart, empowering you to build relationships for financial freedom at sellingthroughyourheart.com.